Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. You guys, I know it's been a minute (laughs) and I keep coming before you and telling you like I'm going to get it together and I will have patience with your girl. You know, I'm trying to start batch recording episodes and I've been traveling, I've been doing a lot, and I need to just really focus and get it together, and I am going to, but let's pause and take a moment real quick, because I don't know how many of you realize, but Hannah's World is about to celebrate her second birthday, yay, well, second birthday for the podcast anyway, yes, this September 30th will mark two years that we all have been coming together to this space this safe space being humble, open, and transparent, and just sharing little things that, you know, I have been experiencing in my life as a wife, a mom, and a boss within her own right, and just coming before you guys. So I'm really excited about that. Um, But today, what I want to talk to you guys about is something that I have really been just experiencing over the summer. I mean, I've been bringing it to you little by little through the, you know, most recent episodes and everything. But one of the biggest lessons that I have been learning throughout this summer, throughout this transition, this season of my life is to mourn what was. Yes, I'm just going to come straight out and let y'all know. Mourn what was. And you might be saying to me like, Hannah, what are you talking about? Well, it's giving yourself that space to really mourn what you thought your life was going to be, to mourn what you thought your marriage was going to be, or your career was going to be, or your children, your relationship with your parents, with your friends, whatever it is that you just had these high expectations or these standards for, and then realize, hold up, wait a minute, it did not go the way that I had planned. Um, you need to mourn it. And I can't take full credit for coming to this revelation. Actually, God used a good friend of mine. Y'all may know her. She goes by unapologetically treats um on the on podcasts and on all her social media platforms. But like seriously, in just talking with her and conversing with her, one of the main things she always says to me is, Hannah, you gotta mourn what was. You gotta mourn what you thought it was going to be. And It's so interesting because as I was allowing myself to reflect and really consider her words, um, God brought me to Matthew 5 and 4, where Jesus was talking about all of the Beatitudes. And um, in that particular verse, it says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And in that particular passage, like I had to go and look that up, like, what does that mean? Because I have heard that scripture before. Um, And I just thought it was like simply like, hey, those who are in mourning, you know, when someone passes, because, and I can't speak for any of you, I can only speak for myself, right? Whenever I thought about the word mourn, I always attributed it to just like when you lose somebody, whether it's a family member, um, you know, a friend, a, a colleague, whatever, I've always attributed it to the loss of life. And so, yes you know, blessed are they that mourn, you know, for they will be comforted. They'll be comforted in their mourning because they are grieving over the loss of a person. 
But when I actually um, researched this scripture and what it meant, Jesus was specifically speaking about mourning the former life, the life before relationship with him. He was saying, you know, to mourn that, mourn that relationship that you lost because it allows us to experience a deep grief and remorse of our sins. And we'll be comforted and shown why we no longer need that life. So basically it was mourning like, yeah, the before knowing Christ, like, whoa, I I did not realize what it was to have faith, what it was to have joy, what it was to have like real trust and reliance and dependence on this God who loves me even while I was in my mess. Like even before I knew him and accepted him as my Lord and Savior, accepted him as my father, as my refuge, my rock, my fortress, the God in whom I trust before I really, you know, allowed myself to rely on him. I did not know what true joy was, what living in an abundant life really was knowing what real success is not according to the world standards so he was saying like mourn that mourn what you didn't know mourn that life that you once had that life that you thought was so fulfilling that life that you thought was going to bring you so much joy mourn that because as you mourn it you really develop a, a, a a deep grief or a sense of like wow I really needed you, God, and he will come in and he will comfort you, comfort and guide you to show you why you didn't need that, to show why being with him is is more important, why it is more beneficial to you and to you having peace, peace that surpasses all understanding and you being able to maintain your joy despite the situations and circumstances that come your way because you know that all of those things that you go through is to build your faith and to make you stronger. And so I, w- once I understood what the, the meaning of that verse was and what it was that Jesus was, was explaining to us, you know, the importance of mourning something, I had to also take it into present tense. T- tense sorry (laughs) I had to bring it into the application for today because you know I don't want to keep repeating to you guys like about um me losing my job back in April but for me it has been a process it really has and I don't know whoever who else is out there where there's something that you have lost that has had to be a process for you but it wasn't just about not having that job anymore it was about really recognizing the life that I wanted or thought I wanted or the life that I thought that I needed um once I I realized that I had to mourn that I had to realize like okay because my issue and this may not be the same for anyone else but my issue was being caught up in a title in allowing, you know, having this certain title, whether it was a program advisor, director, you know, whatever my my occupation, the title of my position in my career was, it was being caught up in that. It was being able to say, well, this is what I am. Because I don't know how many times I may have shared it with you guys before, um, but once upon a time, I was in law school. 
once upon a time, the career goal was to become an attorney. Like that was what I was going to do. I was, I wasn't quite sure what type of attorney I was going to be. I mean, I started off wanting to work in juvenile delinquency, um, just because I was, I was really affected by the Lionel Tate story and watching this 13 year old boy be tried as an adult and um you know what happened to him and I didn't want that happening to other kids so that's where my passion and my journey started on the road to becoming a lawyer um but when they tell you that law school is a jealous mistress like they ain't never lie like the kids say nowadays uh cap <laughs> you know no cap or whatever um but it was that first year, first semester of the year that I did in law school was very hard for me because I thought that I was going to be able to study the same way that I did when I was in undergrad, which was by myself. Like I didn't join any study groups. Like when I tell y'all that I was really into my introverted ways, I really was. Like I, I only socialized with those that I was close to. Like I didn't really go and put forth an effort in making new friends or anything like that. And when I look back over my life, there's things that I'm just like, man, it it could have been more beneficial to me to have experienced that more, to ex- experience more of a college life and making friends and stuff. But my pathway is my pathway, and that journey has brought me to where I am today. So I don't regret it, but there are things that I, lessons that I have learned from it that I try to teach my children and even other college students that I speak to 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 just do differently. But let's bring it back because I don't want to get off on a tangent. But the thing was is that um, the first semester was difficult and it was really hard and I didn't do as well as I could have because, like I said, I was not practicing good study habits. Um, but the second semester I did, once I learned what my issue was, learning that, you know, learning the law, you can't just go off of your own perspective. You have to look at different perspectives because that's the way that you have to look at interpreting the law. It can't just be off of your focus because you may not even though you may understand it you you're not opening yourself to other perspectives and ooh, that is a word within itself but again focus <laughs> so anyway second semester went wonderful however you know you take the average of the two what is your gpa uh wasn't that good now could i have fought it because i had did so much better in my second semester i could have But I came to the conclusion, like, you know what, I really don't think this pathway is for me because at this point, as much as I love learning the law, I did not find joy in practicing it. Like, I just didn't. And again, and this is why I tell college students all the time how important it is to go to an advisor. That person is in that position for a reason to advise you, to help you with your, you know, pathway in education and which way you should go. Again, this was me depending on myself, on my own understanding, and I didn't really look into, well, what other things could I do with a Juris Doctorate? I was just like, nah, the amount of money that I'm going to be spending for this paper, all I could think of other than being um, being an attorney was to be a professor of law. Um, because that is what I have also seen other attorneys who decided not to take the bar, who decided not to practice, becoming. And I was like, do I really want to become a professor after spending all of this money on a Juris Doctorate and going through all of this hard work? (laughs) Because it is work. Listen, attorneys charge you what they do because of what they had to go through to get that piece of paper to represent you. Okay. All right. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. (laughs) that is not the point of this episode but like for real um that was a big blow 
to my, I, I guess to say pride to my ego, not finishing that because I didn't want to feel like a quitter. I didn't want to feel for people to feel like, to look at me. And that's the thing, right? Ooh, my issue is being, is sometimes having a tendency of being a people pleaser or caring too much about what other people say. You know, um, I am doing my best and it is a daily work to unsubscribe to the unsolicited opinions of others because they don't know what I was created to do. They don't know what it is that's on the inside of me. <clears throat> and this is how you can mislabel people when you assume that you know what somebody should be doing. Um, but my issue with that and I have dealt with for such a long time is the fact that I didn't want people to think less than of me because I made that decision not to fight it um, and to just let that go. I did not want to be looked at as a quitter. So for a very long time, because that is something that I decided not to pursue or go forward with, it bothered me. It bothered me and I felt like I had to prove myself to others, that I was worthy, that I was smart enough which was one of the reasons why even when I went back to school to get my master's, it was such a big deal to me to graduate with a 4.0 because I needed to prove not only to other people that I am smart enough to do it, but I needed to prove it to myself because, be, because that was such an epic fail or such a big blow for me to not finish law school. I needed to complete something. So going back wasn't just so that I could have my master's. It was to prove to myself that I could do it. It was to prove to others who, in my mind, were doubting me, hey, I am worthy. I am enough. And so when you have things like that, you know, that, that chip away at, at you or, or, or something that can come into your mind to to even tell you, oh, remember that time when you didn't finish law school? And I don't know whatever that is, may, that it may be for you. But for me, one of the biggest things was law school. And it was like, remember, remember when you didn't finish law school? You know, oh, you have, um, you get joy out of telling people like, yeah, I went to law school, but you didn't finish. You know, it's like you tell them that you got in so that you can let them know that you were smart enough to get in, but you didn't finish. So how smart are you? Like, those are the thoughts that would go through my mind sometimes. But coming back to the, you know, to the present, for because of that situation, being able to come back up, come back up, to to lose my job or to now be in a position where I am, you know, not working and I am being, you know, a uh and I don't want to just say like a just um just a stay-at-home wife and mom because it, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? It minimizes those roles. And those are huge and pivotal roles. And depending on the different dynamics of your family situation, right? Because we all have unique and different family situations. That person who is able to focus solely on just being present for the family is the nucleus, is the fist, is the one that holds it all together, that keeps everybody organized. And those are some of the things that I've realized over the summer that I am for my family. Like I am Anthony's place of peace. Like I am the one who takes a lot of the burden or unnecessary burdens um, from his plate 
that he doesn't have to worry about because I have the time and patience <laughs> and probably the creativity to deal with some of the things that he does. Like that's why we're together, right? That we're in this partnership. We're doing it together. So there are things that I can focus on that he doesn't have to. I was recently listening to a pod, um, a podcast of how married are we? And I loved um, a, a segment. I can't remember which episode it was. It was very recent, probably about three weeks ago, but you guys should definitely go back and listen to it. But it was when Yvette uh, was talking to, to Glenn about a moment that she had when she was in the gym with him. Um, and they were working, they were doing like a, a kettlebell set. And so, you know, Glenn had a heavier weight than her. And, you know, she wanted to go and pick up his weight just to see like, well, how heavy is this weight, right? And when she went to pick it up to do the exercise with his weight, she realized like, oh, this this is heavy. So she stopped. And when she sat down, she said that she received this revelation of, you know, why does she need to know how heavy his weight was? You know, is it, it and it was because like sometimes and I, I really related to her because I have felt this way as well. And I think a lot of moms do. I don't want to speak for all moms, but I, you know, just in conversations with my friends who are moms, um, I think a lot of the time, especially when uh, when we're in the as in the position of being the primary caregiver, you're you find yourself uh, thinking like, well, he has it easy. I know I have felt that way about Anthony, like, dude, especially when um, with his job, because Anthony has the ideal job situation. I mean, technically, he only works Tuesday through Thursday, and that's from like nine to three. And then Sunday is considered a work day for him as well. So but my thing is, is like, even if you didn't work for the church, you would be going to church anyway. So is that technically a work day? And I guess on days when it's like you just want to stay home, he can't just stay home because he actually has to take that day off. But still, you have the ideal setup. And so I, I know that there were a lot of times that I found myself just where Yvette was in regards to like, you have it a lot easier than me. <laughs> like, what kind of weight are you carrying? And, but the revelation that she received was, is like, why do you need to know how much he's carrying? You need to worry about the weight that you're carrying. And that is a word within itself, because it's not just with marriage that we need to be concerned about it. In. We need to be, keep that same mind frame frame with all our relationships with society in general why are you so worried about the next person and what they're doing you don't need to know about the weight that they're carrying or what they're going through for you to you know have empathy for the next person you need to be concerned about your own weight and carrying your weight and and doing what you need to do in life i mean it's just like how scripture tells us to worry to to work out our own salvation we each have our own salvation to work out so why are you worrying about the next person when you and it's not to say that you should not care about the other person you should care but caring for them is holding them accountable caring for them is being there for them lifting them up edifying and building them up just like the word tells us to do but a lot of the times instead of us doing that building each other up we're over here concerned about what the other person is carrying like is your weight as heavy as mine are you going through what i'm going through they probably aren't because they weren't built to carry your weight. And that was Yvette's point. Like the revelation that she received was like she was not built to carry 
Glenn's weight. And Glenn is not built to carry her weight, regardless to exactly what that weight is. He has his weight because that's what he was graced to carry. She has hers because that's what she was graced to carry. Same thing for me and Anthony and for all other relationships. You are graced to go through what it is that you are going through and what you are dealing with. Okay, Hannah, so how does that all come back to what you're talking about as far as mourning what was? Well, for me, in the situation of also relating to what Yvette was talking about in regards to like weights, a lot of the time it was like I felt like in order for my weight, what I was carrying to be significant or to be compared to Anthony's, which that was just the wrong mindset and the wrong thinking altogether, was that I needed to be doing more. I've shared with you guys <laughs> in multiple episodes how I am made like Martha and how it is difficult sometimes trying to be more like Mary, especially in a Martha world, because everywhere you turn, especially nowadays, it, even though the world doesn't talk about it as Martha mentality, for, for those who know about the story, you can relate and you see what it is. But it's about, you know, women just going out there and being these bosses. I mean, one of the reasons why in my uh, intro to this episode, or not episode, but to this podcast, it says my life as the, the wife, the mom, and the boss was because I have been, I have bought into the subscription <laughs> of women being these bosses. And there's nothing wrong about that because we all are bosses within our own right, but it's about the mentality of this whole independence, I don't need no man, I don't need this, da 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 da. It's about this whole boss mentality. And so like us Marthas, us bosses, we out here and we doing all the things and we're especially black women, we're out here and we're talking about how, you know, we are strong and we are looked at as strong because the you know we will be given more to deal with we have always been given more to deal with and we have bought into that we have bought into that stereotype and have allowed ourselves to be overwhelmed with things that our our families don't know what we're dealing with our our significant others aren't aren't aware of how much that we have to go and then we build up resentment again this is i'm speaking for myself built up resentment because it's like I don't have no help and if I don't um and if I'm not the one that does it it won't get done like I have had that mentality and that is Martha Martha is you know is over here she was so worried and so concerned about prepping this dinner and doing all these other things and she see her sister over here sitting down and getting fed you know with the word and she was like Jesus tell her to help me and Jesus was like no because she chose the better thing I'm not gonna take that from her she chose rest God told us to rest but in this society that we're living in now rest is as they say for the week like I'll rest when I'm dead really when you dead you're not living anymore like what you mean you'll rest when you dead like for real you you dead and all the things that you work for when did you find time to enjoy it at all or share it with your family and be present with your family when you're constantly working? How does that come back to mourning? Well, it comes back to the fact that how I thought my life would be, that I would have this successful career as far as the world is concerned, that I would have, I would live up to the world standards. I needed to allow myself to mourn those things, mourn them. Because what God was showing to me 
why it's good to mourn what I thought was is that, you know, the the plans didn't go. Mourn how you thought your the, the, the plans that you had for your life, how it was going to go, how you envisioned it. You know, whether you thought that by the age of 40, you were going to be the CEO of the company or you thought that you would be married with at least four kids by now or, or two, or you thought that you were, you know, going to be in your dream home or you thought that you were going to travel, whatever it it is, it was, <laughs> you know, allow yourself to mourn it because when you grieve, when I grieved, that is when he could come in and comfort me and show me how he used what appeared to be a loss to bless me. And that's the other thing. When when I wasn't taking time to mourn what I thought, what I envisioned, what I saw my life was going to be, I was overlooking the blessings in the gains, Right. Because I was so focused on what I thought I had lost. I did not realize what I gained in the situation. Because again, it takes me back to something that my pastor always says. She was like, I never lose. I always win. Because at the end of the day, even in what is seen as a loss, it's really not a loss if you look at it as a lesson, as an opportunity to learn something new. And whenever you're learning That is a game because now you have gotten knowledge that you didn't have before. And so, you know, God showed me why it was important to mourn um, because it allowed me to to see how he was blessing me because I was no longer focusing on what I didn't have, um, but what I do. I was no longer focusing on the loss, but on what was gained, you know, and that's what's important. What I gained was time with my family. Um, I've even said this to a couple of friends recently, you know, just bringing back up the pandemic. A lot of us before the pandemic happened were, were praying to God about having more time, wanting more time with our family, about starting a a new business or getting off of that job that just didn't make us happy. We had all of these prayers and, and requests about what we wanted, but we saw it coming a certain way. We had an, a certain expectation of how it was going to be presented to us, how it was going to happen. We didn't want to, you know, uh, be fired from the job. We wanted the ability to walk away from the job. Not only did we want a, a, the ability to walk away from the job, but we also wanted the next thing already lined up. Like how how many of us have heard that saying of, you know, you shouldn't quit your job until you have another one lined up, right? Because that's that's security. That's that's certainty. It's like, oh, I'm not going to be out here for however long in the unknown of when I'm going to get my next job without already start filling out applications now and having the interviews already lined up and having prospects before I tell this job deuces. That's how a lot of us saw it happening. We saw that we were either going to have the funds or the means to start up the business and tell the job to kick rocks or that we already had the other job lined up. But when the pandemic happened, it was like a sudden thing. Like, yeah, we heard about what was happening in other parts of the country, but when it hit the U.S. and it was like, oh, we're shutting things down. It's closed for a season and we didn't know how long that season was going to last. It was like, hold up, wait a minute. 
what is going on here? But we got that time that we were looking for, but because it didn't come the way that we wanted it to, we didn't see how we got the gain because we were focused on the loss. We were focusing on what we had lost and didn't allow ourselves to really mourn it so that God could come in and, and comfort us and say, hey, I know that this may feel disappointing. This may feel wrong. This may feel like a, a loss, but I'm here to comfort you, to show you why you don't have to mourn this anymore. Because look at what I have given you in this opportunity. I have given you a chance to focus on your business so that when you come out of this pandemic, you have a need that other people are going to, you are, you have a, a product um, that other people are going to need. And this is what is going to set you off. Like so many of those things happened during that time. But a lot of times we just miss out on it because we are so focused on what was lost and not seeing the gain. We didn't allow ourselves to mourn because here it is, this situation happened. And instead of mourning what was, mourning how we thought it was going to go, mourning the expectations that we had, we decided, you know what, I'm just going to suppress those feelings and move on. So you never really dealt with it. You never really allowed yourself to be comforted. I, and again, I can only speak for myself. I was not dealing with it. I didn't deal with that situation that happened to me what, probably <laughs> almost 20 years now with law school, I didn't allow myself to mourn that. So it was always being triggered when other things would happen, like me losing my job, you know, like me not getting the promotion that I, you know, felt that I deserved for all those things. It, it was a trigger for me because I didn't really allow myself to mourn it back then. And so over the, the summer, I have time, I have had time to focus on mourning that, to focus on mourning, you know, the job that I lost in April and to mourn what I, what I had envisioned myself to accomplish by this age that I'm at now, getting ready to celebrate my 40th birthday, you know, <laughs> but there was visions, there were plans that I had that I was going to accomplish by the time that I reached, I reached this age. And it's like, I had to mourn those things. And as I mourned those things and allowed God to come in and comfort me, he showed me, okay, now that you've allowed yourself to mourn the plans that you had for your life, let me show you the plans that I, I know for you and, and the things that I have given you as gains since that time. Focus on that. Focus on what you have. Focus on the husband that you have that's very supportive of you, who has even told you that I don't want you to focus on working right now. I want you to focus on being at home with the kids and being here for me. Focus on the fact that throughout this summer, you were able to, to build a relationship with your daughter that you you know have yearned for with having with your own mother, that you've been able to invest in her. Focus on the fact that you've been able to be present with your son. Focus on the fact that you're able to do all these things that you wanted to do, Hannah, but have not been able to do because your job has actually been taking priority over these other things, over your family. Didn't even realize that, y'all, that my job was taking a priority over my family. And that's not the way that I wanted to be because even when my friends talk to me, they're like, you don't remember how you've always said that you wanted your family to be first? And look at you now. 
So anyways, I hope y'all got something out of the episode. It's always my prayer that you do. Um, you can connect with me, share your feedback with me in regards to what you thought. And you know you can connect with me by sending in your listener letters to hannahsworld00 at gmail.com or connect with me on IG at hannahsworld00. Until next time, peace out, world. <laughs>